Hey everyone, thanks for coming to the Preacher Chick Podcast. I'm Stacy, the Preacher Chick, and today is day 210 of our journey to read the Bible together every day this year. Today we're reading Daniel chapters 4 through 6 and Psalm 56. There's a teaching video that goes along with today's reading um, from the Bible Project, and this is a really good one. This one kind of helps us put into context um, and and apply what we're what we're reading about and learning about in Daniel's life um, and the exile and how it relates to us today that we um, similarly are in a bit of our own exile, that we know that this world is not our home, that we are members of the kingdom of God and that our real home is in heaven and we are just sojourners passing through this world and what it means to acclimate into this world without completely adhering to the world. Um, I hope that that makes some sense, but I think the video will will help <laughs> in a better way than I just maybe said it, um, put some perspective there. So let's get going. King Nebuchadnezzar, to those of every people, nation, and language who live on the whole earth, may your prosperity increase. I'm pleased to tell you about the miracles and wonders the Most High God has done for me. How great are His miracles and how mighty is His wonders. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom and His dominion is from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house and flourishing in my palace. I had a dream and it frightened me while in my bed the images and visions in my mind alarmed me. So I issued a decree to bring all the wise men of Babylon to me in order that they might make the dream's interpretations known to me. When the magicians, mediums, Chaldeans, and diviners came in, I told them the dream, but they could not make its interpretation known to me. Finally, Daniel named Belteshazzar after the name of my God, and a spirit of the holy gods is in him, came before me. I told him a dream. Belteshazzar, head of the magicians, because I know that you have the spirit of the holy gods and that no mystery puzzles you, explained to me the visions of my dream that I saw and its interpretations. In the visions of my mind, I was lying in bed. I saw this. There was a tree in the middle of the earth, and it was very tall. The tree grew large and strong. Its top reached to the sky, and it was visible to the ends of the earth. Its leaves were beautiful. Its fruit was abundant, and on it was food for all. Wild animals found shelter under it. The birds of the sky lived in its branches, and every creature was fed from it. As I was lying in my bed, I also saw the visions of my mind, a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven. He called out loudly, cut down the tree and chop off its branches, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the animals flee from under it and the birds from its branches, but leave the stump with its roots in the ground and with a band of iron and bronze around it in the tender grass of the field. Let him be drenched with dew from the sky and share the plants of the earth with the animals. Let his mind be changed from that of a human, and let him be given the mind of an animal for seven periods of time. This word is by decree of the watchers, and the decision is by command from the holy ones. This is so that the living will know that the Most High is ruler over human kingdoms. He gives them to anyone he wants and sets the lowliest of people over them. This is the dream that I, Nebuchadnezzar, had. Now, Belteshazzar, tell me the interpretation, because none of the wise men of my kingdom can make the interpretation known to me. But you can, because you have a spirit of the holy gods. Then Daniel, whose name is Belteshazzar, was stunned for a moment, and his thoughts alarmed him. The king said, 
Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or its interpretation alarm you. Belteshazzar answered, My lord, may the dream apply to those who hate you and its interpretation to your enemies. The tree you saw, which grew large and strong, whose top reached the sky and was visible to the whole earth, and whose leaves were beautiful and its fruit abundant, and on it was food for all, under it the wild animals lived, and in its branches the birds of the sky lived. That tree is you, your majesty. For you have become great and strong, your greatness has grown and even reaches the sky, and your dominion extends to the ends of the earth. The king saw a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, Cut down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stump with its roots in the ground, and with a band of iron and bronze around it, and the tender grass of the field, let him be drenched with dew from the sky and share food with wild animals for seven periods of time. This is the interpretation, your majesty, and this is the decree of the Most High that has been issued against my lord the king. You will be driven away from people to live with wild animals. You will feed on grass like cattle and be drenched with dew from the sky for seven periods of time until you acknowledge that the Most High is ruler over human kingdoms, and he gives them to anyone he wants. As for the command to leave the tree stump with its roots, your kingdom will be restored to you as soon as you acknowledge the heaven that heaven rules. Therefore, my advice may my advice seem good to you, my king. Separate yourself from your sins by doing what is right and from your injustices by showing mercy to the needy. Perhaps there will be an extension of your prosperity. All this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar at the end of the twelve months as he was walking on the roof of the royal palace in Babylon. The king exclaimed, this, is, is this not Babylon, the great, that I have built to be a royal residence by my vast power and for my majestic glory? While the words were still in the king's mouth, a voice came from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is declared that the kingdom has departed from you. You will be driven away from people to live with the wild animals, and you will feed on grass like cattle for seven periods of time until you acknowledge that the Most High is ruler over human kingdoms, and he gives them to anyone he wants. At that moment, the message against Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from people, he ate grass like cattle, and his body was drenched with dew from the sky until his hair grew like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. I mean, this man, like... Dungon lost his mind. <laughs> and then because he was not in his right mind, he didn't take care of his body. And so he became like a wild animal. I mean, think even more wild than Tarzan is what <laughs> is what we're dealing with here. And it was done in an effort to humble this leader. Okay, so let's continue on. But at the end of those days, because you're reading, Nebuchadnezzar's telling the story. He's telling what happened. But at the end of those days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked up to heaven and my sanity returned to me. Then I praised the Most High and honored and glorified him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing and he does what he wants with the army of heaven and the inhabitants of the earth. There is no one who can block his hand or say to him, what have you done? At that time, my sanity returned to me and my majesty and splendor returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My advisors and my nobles sought me out. I was reestablished over my kingdom and more greatness came to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise, exalt, and glorify the king of heavens because, of all, his, because all his works are true and his ways are just. 
He is able to humble those who walk in pride. King Belshazzar held a great feast for a thousand of his nobles and drank wine in their presence. Under the influence of the wine, Belshazzar gave orders to bring the gold and silver vessels that his predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem, so that the king and his nobles, wives, and concubines could drink from them. So they brought in gold vessels that had been taken from the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem, and the king and his nobles, wives, and concubines drank from them. They drank the wine and praised their gods made of gold and silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. At that moment, the fingers of a man's hand. This is just wild to me, friends. Listen, this is the stuff. This is what I'm talking about. When people say the Bible's boring, they're obviously not reading it because the Bible is not boring. Listen, it says, at that moment, the fingers of a man's hand appeared, not a human, not an arm, not a hand. The fingers of a man's hand appeared and began writing on the plaster of the king's palace wall next to the lampstand. As the king watched the hand, now we see it's a hand, as the king watched the hand that was writing, his face turned pale, and his thoughts so terrified him that he soiled himself and his knees knocked together. I mean, it's just a floating hand writing something on the wall. The king shouted to bring in the mediums, Chaldeans, and diviners. He said to these wise men of Babylon, Whoever reads this inscription and gives me its interpretation will be clothed in purple, have a gold chain around his neck, and have the third highest position in the kingdom. So all the king's wise men came in, but none could read the inscription or make its interpretation known to him. Then King Belshazzar became even more terrified. His face turned pale, and his nobles were bewildered. Because of the outcry of the king and his nobles, the queen came to the banquet hall. May the king live forever, she said. Don't let your thoughts terrify you or your face be pale. There is a man in your kingdom who has a spirit of the holy gods in him. In the days of your predecessor, he was found to have insight, intelligence, and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods. Your predecessor, King Nebuchadnezzar, appointed him chief of the magicians, mediums, Chaldeans, and diviners. Your own predecessor, the king, did this because Daniel, the one the king named Belteshazzar, was found to have an extraordinary spirit knowledge, intelligence, and the ability to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve problems. Therefore, summon Daniel, and he will give the interpretation. Then Daniel was brought before the king. The king said to him, Are you, Daniel, one of the Judean exiles that my predecessor, the king, brought from Judah? I've heard that you have a spirit of the gods in you, and that insight, intelligence, and extraordinary wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men and mediums were brought before me to read this inscription and make its interpretation known to me, but they could not give its interpretation. However, I have heard about you that you can give interpretations and solve problems. Therefore, if you can read this inscription and give me its interpretation, you will be clothed in purple, have a gold chain around your neck, and have the third highest position in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered the king, You may keep your gifts and give your rewards to someone else. However, I will read the inscription for the king and make the interpretation known to him. Your majesty, the most high God, gave sovereignty, greatness, glory, and majesty to your predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar. Because of the greatness he gave him, all peoples, nations, and languages were terrified and fearful of him. He killed anyone he wanted and kept alive anyone he wanted. He exalted anyone he wanted and humbled anyone he wanted. But when his heart was exalted and his spirit became arrogant, he was deposed from his royal throne and his glory was taken from him. He was driven away from people. His mind was like an animal's. 
He lived with the wild donkeys. He was fed grass like cattle, and his body was drenched with dew from the sky until he acknowledged that the Most High God is ruler over human kingdoms and sets anyone he wants over them. But you, his successor, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, even though you knew all this. Instead, you have exalted yourself against the Lord of heavens. The vessels from his house were brought to you, and as you and your nobles, wives, and concubines drank wine from them, you praised the gods made of silver and gold, bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which do not see or hear or understand. But you have not glorified the God who holds your life breath in his hand and who controls the whole curse of your life. Man, Daniel preaching. Uh, Daniel preaching. That's a whole sermon right there. Therefore, he sent the hand and this writing was inscribed. This is the writing that was inscribed. Mine, mine, tekel and parson. This is the interpretation of the message. Mine means that God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. Tekel means that you have been weighed on the balance and found deficient. Perez means that your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then Belshazzar gave an order, and they clothed Daniel in purple, placed a gold chain around his neck, and issued a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, was killed, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom at age of 62. Now, I have to tell you, I am one that likes to listen to the Bible. Um, I read the Bible through in a year all the time. So like we're doing this together and I'm reading it with you, but I'm also reading it on my own at a different pace. And um, then I supplement. So like I do that, like I read the Bible through the year, but then I use um, resources from like She Reads Truth or other just um, devotional plans or reading plans in the Bible app. Um, those I I spend more time in, but the through the Bible in a year, I, I listen to it every day. Um, and I, I, this is like going on year, I don't know, eight, nine that I've done this. Um, but this is the first time I've ever realized that if you listen in the Bible app to the CSB version, the narrator doesn't say King Darius. My entire life, I've only ever heard his name as King Darius. And all I keep thinking in my head is like Veggie Tales. Um, you know, oh, King Darius. Okay. Anyway, I digress. Um, but the CSB says King Darius. I'm just curious if anybody's listening that knows, <laughs> I'm going to do some research on this, but it, it like makes me chuckle every time King Darius, I, I've always only ever heard him referred to as Darius. Let's keep reading Daniel chapter six. Darius decided to appoint 120 satraps over the kingdom stationed throughout the realm and over them three administrators, including Daniel. These satraps would be accountable to them so that the king would not be defrauded. Daniel distinguished himself, himself above the administrators and satraps because he had an extraordinary spirit, so the king planned to set him over the whole realm. The administrators and satraps therefore kept trying to find charge against Daniel regarding the kingdom, but they could find no charge or corruption, for he was trustworthy and no negligence or corruption was found in him. That, that's a life 
Then these men said, we will never find any charge against the against this Daniel unless we find something against him concerning the law of his God. So the administrators and satraps went together to the king and said to him, making Darius live forever. All the administrators of the kingdom, the prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an edict that for 30 days, anyone who petitions any god or man except you, the king, will be thrown into the lion's den. Therefore, your majesty established the edict and signed the document so that, as a law of the Medes and Persians, it is irrevocable and cannot be changed. So King Darius signed the written edict. I mean, Darius obviously has got some um, pride issues, right? That he would just do this. But also, Daniel, there was nothing in him that they could find to charge against him. And they had to make stuff up. They had to they had to lie because Daniel wouldn't have been in agreement with this. But they go to the king and say, oh, we're all in agreement. And this is what you should do. And that's there's no way Daniel would have done that. And so instead, um, they they say, this is what we're going to do. And you need to sign it, king. And he does. When Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house. The windows in its upstairs room opened toward Jerusalem, and three times a day he got down on his knees, prayed, and gave thanks to his God, just as he had done before. He changed nothing. He changed nothing. He prayed to his God before, and he's going to pray to his God now. Nothing's going to change that. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel petitioning and imploring his God. So they approached the king and asked about this edict. Didn't you sign an edict that for 30 days any person who petitions any god or man except you, the king, will be thrown into the lion's den? And the king answered, As a law of the Medes and Persians, the order stands and is irrevocable. Then they replied to the king, Daniel, one of the Judean exiles, has ignored you, the king, and the edict you signed, for he prays three times a day. As soon as the king heard this, he was very displeased. And if you stopped right there, you would think, oh, he's mad at Daniel. He's not at all. He's realizing what's going on. Because it says next, he set his mind on rescuing Daniel and made every effort until sundown to deliver him. He was mad that this had been done. And it was clear that it had been done to trap Daniel. And he wanted to try everything he could so that Daniel wouldn't have to be thrown into the lion's den says, then these men went together to the king and said to him, you know, your majesty, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no edict or ordinance the king establishes can be changed. And that's wild to me too. So the king makes a law, but the king can't change the law or an edict. So the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you continually serve, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet rings of his nobles so that nothing in regard to Daniel could be changed. Then the king went to his palace, I love this, and spent the night fasting. This, this um, technically like an, an ungodly, because he served multiple gods, king recognized what was going on and went and spent time fasting that night. No diversions were brought to him, and he could not sleep. And in other words, there were no distractions. Nobody came and bothered him. He didn't sleep. He spent the night fasting. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he reached the den, he cried out in anguish to Daniel. 
Daniel, servant of the living God. <laughs> I love it. He knows like just you cannot argue the truth of who God is. Daniel, servant of the living God, the king said, has your God, whom you continually serve, been able to rescue you from the lions? Then Daniel spoke with the king. May the king live forever. My God sent his angel and shut them out lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me. For I was found innocent before him and also before you, your majesty. I've not done harm. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to take Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was brought up from the den, he was found to be unharmed for he trusted in his God. That excites me. Like it makes me emotional. The king then gave the command and those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and thrown into the lion's den. They and their children and their wives. They had not reached the bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Then King Darius wrote to those of every people, nation, and language who live on the whole earth, May your prosperity abound. I issue a decree that in all my royal dominion, people must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed, and his dominion has no end. He rescues and delivers. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth, for he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. I mean, I mean, let's just go. Go, go, God. I just, man, it's so good. Psalm 56 be gracious to me, God, for a man is trampling me. He fights and oppresses me all day long. My adversaries trample me all day, for many arrogantly fight against me. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. And God, whose word I praise and God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? They twist my words all day long. All their thoughts against me are evil. They stir up strife. They lurk. They watch my steps while they wait to take my life. Will they escape in spite of such sin? God bring down the nations in wrath. You and yourself, or you yourself have recorded my wanderings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will retreat on the day when I call. This I know, God is for me. In God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can mere humans do to me? I am obligated by vows to you, God. I will make my thank offerings to you. For you rescued me from death, even my feet from stumbling, to walk before God in the light of life. That's it for today, friends. I think that's a great, uh, <laughs> that is, man, that's a that's a good day's reading right there. Um, come back tomorrow for day 211 as we continue our journey in the Bible every day this year. See you then.